Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Eric. I teach people how to raise livestock on the land. And I teach people the Bible. I play a little banjo. And I play bass. I'm a passionate bow hunter. And I'm a die-hard Badgers fan. Together we're just two common folk trying to pursue Jesus. And live out our faith beyond Sunday's sermon. Well, hopefully we're not thrown too off with this recording because we're a little out of our normal context. Yeah, it's dark outside. We're normally like first thing in the morning. We're, we're trying to get ahead because we couldn't make it work tomorrow because I have somewhere to be. And so it's Sunday night. So we're doing it uh, not the same time in a different place. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to be weird doing this without um, trying to hold my bladder because usually I drink like three cups of coffee and as soon as we're done, I'm running out the door to use the bathroom. So, But we have a special guest. Yeah, we didn't even know we were going to have a guest until about one minute and 30 seconds ago. Yeah, yeah. So we've got Mike with us. He's just another, I mean, as you guys know, this is a podcast of just men just talking about how to apply Sunday morning services to our life and how to live it out. And so Mike is another guy. It's not that just exclusive it. to men. You're right. But You're it right. just we happens to work out that way. But who do you think should be our first female guest? One of the Leslies. Probably. Maybe a, both. A Leslie. We could have them both on. Dueling the Leslies. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they should just do it alone and we'll just leave. It'd probably be better. Maybe we shouldn't do that. So, yeah. well, thanks for joining us, Mike. Thanks for having me. So, what do we want to start with? Well, um, so why don't you give a one-minute elevator pitch of what you talked about this morning? Sure. Yeah, well, we just talked about the fact that God promises his people he's not going to leave them and how at, at the very core that's why we have courage. That's kind of the, the secret to courage. That's what unlocks courage is trusting and knowing that, that God's going to be with you in, in scary places. Um, so I did that in like 30 seconds. So I beat it. Well, I think it, it's a relevant thing, especially for three guys to be sitting around here who all sort of represent, um, I guess, what it's like to live life right now. Like, um, you know, we're, we're busy. We have responsibilities in the home and outside of the home. And yet we're still trying to, um, have, you know, live out our faith and have these principles kind of bleed through into everything that we do, um, which is sometimes a challenge. And I think, um, there is a, a huge component of just, trusting those promises as we go through life. Um, so I think uh, it's a it's a relevant thing for us to be talking about. Um, this morning, um, as you were talking about that, I was picturing like, and, and I think you were even describing this a little bit, but I was picturing like life is like a dark forest that everyone has to travel through. And so you have like this mob of people in life who are all like traveling together through this dark forest. And there's like this path that there's lamps or, you know, light on each side of the path that's been put there by someone else. And so the mob is just naturally following that. But you come to an intersection and, 
and you have your own like personal convictions telling you like despite the fact that everyone is saying we need to go that way you're there's something in you that just isn't sitting right and you're like no I really believe we're supposed to be going that way so you have to make a decision at that moment to go the direction that you the only guarantee is that you're going to be the only one going that direction yeah except for the promise that God will be with you. Yeah. Well, and it's, I, I actually felt like I kept over saying it, but just the idea of scary places, like that's just, that's, that's such a core part of life is the, the scary places. And, um, you know, I know even in, in my life, there's been multiple times where I have been like really, I thought I was angry or I thought I was stressed or I thought I was tired or all sorts of things. And when I really got honest with myself, I was like, oh, you're you're scared. Like this is just a scary place right now. And that's really what this is, is is you're reacting to just being scared. And I think that if we're being honest, we have those seasons where we're just like this, this situation that I'm in just really scares me and I do not like it here and I don't want to be here. Um, and, and that that's kind of the whole crux of courage is what do you do when you have that realization in a situation that you find yourself in? Well, you know full well what this is like, Mike, because you, your profession is farming and there's like very few professions that give you the opportunity to, to, exercise that faith component every single day yeah it's and like we've got spring coming up here you know it's a farmer plants a seed and the rest of it is really out of his control it's you have to count on god for everything every day in in farming and that's like what i was thinking of jason with your analogy before was like that's that's like the definition of faith is stepping away from other people and not being able to see the way, but trusting that God is there with you and that he will be there and he will lead you. And it's, it's just, it's just such a hard and scary thing to do sometimes. Yeah. You know, that, that analogy, as, as I was describing that, I didn't even think of this at first, but like, so you have all these lights along the path that have been put there by the world to kind of, keep you on that path because that's what they have determined is the best for you. But, but you know that this other path is what is right for you, but there, those lights that the world put there aren't there. But what does the word tell us? That it will be the light for our path. Yeah. Well, and that was kind of, I know when I was preparing this, that, that was the epiphany that I had of like, looking at the story of David where he's like, the Lord is the Lord is my light. And David is one of the most courageous people in the Bible. And just that idea of like, that was my epiphany, is that places can be dark, but if you are going into a place with God, it, it can't be dark after you get there. And so a lot of it is just having the courage to walk in and, and not, not be able to really know what it's going to be until you get there. But if, if God is with you and he's the light, then there's still maybe uncomfortable things in the situation. Um, but the, the real darkness is going to flee once you walk in. And it's just trusting that, all right, I just got to walk in there. I just got to get there. 
Um, and for me, that's the hardest part. I know I gave that um, example in the service of the idea of, uh, you know, uh, like a water slide that I'm not big on the, the real high adrenaline ones. And it's usually like the walking up the stairs that's the most stressful part. And the going down, it's still not my favorite, but it's like just getting there, just making myself walk up the stairs is the hardest part. Well, I know, Mike, sometimes you and I will text each other in the mornings because we're, we're both kind of on farmer time. So you're the only person I know who's up that early. I used to text all kinds of guys in the morning, like, oh, this is some really good scripture. And I'd text them and... And then, like, after a couple of months of doing that, they'd be like, how early do you get up? And I kind of took that as a subtle, like, that's Don't a text little me that early. early. Yep, yep. So anyway, um, the scripture this morning uh, was, I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me from Philippians chapter 4. And I just thought that that was relevant to this. I, I thought about, and I'm sure we all could tell a story, lots of them, from our own life about a time when we felt like we were being called to do something that we didn't really know why we were being called to do it. We didn't necessarily want to be called to be doing it, but we just knew. And, and so like, for me, I recently made a career change. Um, and I kind of knew that it was coming for a while, but I, and I spent a whole year really on the fence anticipating whether or not I would do this. And the re, you know, anytime we make any kind of change and we're weighing the pros and cons of it, the, the alternative to making that change is to sticking with what you're already doing, which is almost always the more comfortable route. And so I was faced with this decision, just do what is comfortable or kind of dive into the realm of the unknown. And as I was weighing that, I just felt that I had a personal conviction and there were like very specific reasons. I just felt God saying like, this is what you need to do because A, B, C, and D. And they're, they wouldn't make sense to other people because they were personal to me. Um, and I'm sure that you've got those same things and both of you guys do. But um, I think just that scripture that I just read about just the promise of God telling us you can do anything, mm -hmm. um, that alone. And, and I guess we've spent quite a bit of time on this, on the short life of this podcast already, just talking about the importance of daily being in the word daily and praying daily. One of the reasons is because these, the Bible is chock full of these promises. Yeah. One, it's also chucked full of, sorry, I lean back. I, when, when, when people are talking, I love to like lean back to yeah, take like it in. Like you're a scholar. That's me. That's me, <laughs> scholar, all the way. Um, but it, you also read stories of where God is faithful to his promises. I think that's just so important is, is you see the promise, but then you also see, okay, God's promise that he'll never leave me. But like I can now read story after story after story after story of people being in the worst situation and God showing up over and over and over again. And just what that does to your faith to not just see the promise, but see it play out over and over again and go, maybe he'll do the same for me because he seems to have a pattern here of that. Um, I'm curious, what do you guys think scares us the most? 
What do you think is the most scary for the average Christian that they would need to have courage to take on? I think a big one for me is just kind of what we've been talking about, just doing what isn't natural to us. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of part of this promise and what we were just talking about. It's kind of a choice. Like I've gone through situations that were dark and I went through them on my own. Mm -hmm. even, even though I am a Christian and God promises that he'll be there for us, and I've gone through the same type of situations where it was dark, and I've prayed, God, where are you? And the answer was, I'm right here. Right, right. Just mm. look to me. Choose me. Yeah. I'm, I'm a very independent person. I put my head down and go get it. But sometimes that gets me into trouble. And what I need to do is just give it to God and say, you know, take a step of faith and say, God, this is yours. It's not mine. And mm. he's, he's never let me down when I've done that. That's a great point. That's a great point of, I think, even though God is always with us, if we're determined enough, we can still go through it, like, alone, not acknowledging him. Mm -hmm. Like, he'll be there, but if we really want to not acknowledge him, we can make it feel like we're alone if we really want to. Yeah. And I would say I'm the same way, very independent, and also, I tend to, when, when, when I get very, very stressed, when, when things get really hard, I tend to isolate. That's how, mm -hmm. that's how, you know, some people are like, things are hard, I need to connect and I need to, and that's the probably the smart way to do it, but I tend to be like, I need to figure this out. And so I isolate. And, and I know I've had seasons where I've done that even with God, of just like isolating myself. Um, and I think I'd have the same dark seasons where God's like, I'm here. If you really wanna feel like you're alone, I guess, that's fine, um, yeah. but you don't have to. What about you? What do you think? Jason? I think for me, it's a little different. Um, the things that I fear involve people around me. Um, and my wife has expressed a lot of patience toward me, sometimes not patience as well, like um, been hard on me at times about my tendency to want to people please. Mm. So I'm always calculating how what I do is going to be perceived, how it, it's going to um, influence my interactions, my relationships, all of that. I'm always thinking about what people are thinking. I'm not saying that's good. I think there's, I am a thoughtful person. I care about how people feel. I do feel like that's a good quality, but sometimes it takes me, I allow it to go a little too far and I become crippled. Um, I, I struggle to make the decision that I know I'm supposed to make because I worry about how it's gonna be perceived or accepted by other people. Um, and you and I have talked about this recently, even with like, you know, you and I are in, in two different spots with, with like, answering questions of people about family related yeah. stuff but we've both had to deal with it yeah um you as well you have another child on the way and um with a large portion of the world right now children are viewed as a hindrance and so it wouldn't make sense for someone to have a large family mm -hmm. and so just by these kinds of choices we're putting in ourselves in a position where 
whether we need to answer, whether we owe the people an answer or not, people are going to be asking questions and we have to be prepared to somehow respond. And my wife would say, you respond by telling them because this is what we're doing and you leave it at that. I always try to like come up with some sort of response that explains myself. And, and so I struggle. That's, that's what I struggle with. But I, I guess to go, to go back, I, what I struggle with, I, I do feel that I'm very much in tune with the Spirit and in tune with the Lord. I, I hear from Him. I, I know what He's telling me to do in a lot of circumstances, but what I wrestle with is just... Um, you know, what it's going to look like to the rest of the world. I think that's huge. I think that's, that's one of the scariest things for all of us is, is being judged. Like that's just, we, we are, I, I would put myself right in, in there as well. Um, people pleaser to the max. Um, I, that's, you know, Les will, will sometimes be like, man, it just feels like you're always running for office or something. Cause you're just, you know how like a politician in that, like, period it's like how do I say this what are the polls doing how do I look this way or that way and it's like if we're not careful we can get caught up in like that's just how we live our life like we're just always trying to say the right answer so that everybody thinks a certain way and I think it is scary to just be like what if I just what if people don't agree with what I do so so Mike not to put you on the spot but you've you've kind of chosen to lead a life that isn't necessarily the flashy one that that people, you know, aspire toward or that people um, portray as being like the life. You know, you you've you've got you're raising kids on a farm. You you've chosen a profession where it's obvious that your goal isn't to get rich and and to be to have all kinds of nice things, but you're, you're putting, you're showing that your value, you put your value in other things. But because that's so much different than the world, do you wrestle with that? Or are you at peace with it? I, I wrestled with it for quite a while. And I finally just came to a point where I just don't really care anymore. <laughs> I, I laugh about it. I laugh about my 1997 pickup truck. And I just... I, I, I don't care. If that's what you would bring up. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say it, but you brought it up. So. so what's your secret? How did you get there? It was just a decision that my wife and I made that why we do what we do is because we want to raise our kids the way that we were raised, which is on a small family farm in a Christian home where mom and dad are home with the kids. That's the decision that we made. And that's really just what we're striving for. We don't strive to have brand new vehicles or a fancy house or any of that. And when we're both at home and running a farm, we're not going to get rich doing that. But that's not, that's not, that's not our goal in this life. It's, yeah. it's to raise up our kids is really why we do what we do. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on getting there Um, because I do. I think that, I mean, that's why Galatians 1.10 says, who then are we trying to please, God or man? 
if I was still trying to please man, I, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. And it almost like draws a line in the sand of like, you cannot be courageous for God and be scared of what people think. Like they, they don't go together. And, and that's just, you know, a constant battle, I think, for the average person. And so I think it is, it's inspirational to just think like, make a decision and, and know why you're doing it. Um, but you can't worry about what people think about it, you know. I think you, you kept using the word scared today. Mm-hmm. And the thing I was thinking about is when we make the choice to be a Christian, um, there's multiple reasons why that could be scary. The one that gets a lot of attention or a lot of emphasis is persecution. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily know. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to undermine that or or minimize that at all. And I think we all have and all will, to some extent, experience it. But probably not like anyone else. Like, not even close to what other people do. But then the other reason, and we've touched on this already. But the other reason to be scared is because you know God is going to ask you to do some things. Yeah. And. I think that's what we're talking about here is putting ourselves in a place knowingly that we know that the time is coming. He's going to ask us to do something that we're not prepared to do. And that's where the promises come in. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's like the, the human brain likes to have patterns of dealing with problems. That's how it works. Is so like if a problem comes up, okay, we've, we've experienced it, this happens, I'm going to do this, and it'll work out. And, and our brain kind of keeps track of that. And we like to live in states where the likely problems we have solutions for. And any time that you put yourself into a situation where there's problems that you don't have solutions ready to go for, that is a scary situation because now you are completely out of your comfort zone and you have no answers. And I think that that's, if I'm being honest, that's the, that's the scariest place for me is when I know I don't have answers if something goes wrong. And, and that is just like, oh, well, what do I do? I don't have a solution. And like you said, that's where now I have to rely so solely on God because I know I got no answers for these things other than God that's those are the situations that are hard and that's why you know even the the idea of getting out of your comfort zone that's really what it means is get out of the place where you have all the answers and go to a place where there's going to be problems you don't have the solutions for yet and that's really stretching so basically you were just describing like society's way of handling problems is as quickly as possible figure out how to make this go away yeah make it mm-hmm. stop yep um but then as we as we live this way or live out our faith, I, I probably overuse that saying. I need to come up with something else, another way to describe it. But as we live out our faith, we learn that we start doing the total opposite. When there's something that challenges us or scares us, we lean into it. We go toward it. Yep. And so the side benefit of all of this is it starts to bleed into all other parts of life. And I've even noticed that in my own life now. I've had conversations with people recently about just situations and certain components of life that are less than ideal. 
And there's the people who want to just count it out and walk away. And generally, at some point along the way, I didn't even notice when this change happened, but I, and I'm not saying this in a self-promoting way, but now my natural inclination is to be, is to see that as an opportunity. Like I'm going to, this is an opportunity for me to express my leadership skills or whatever and try to make a poor situation better. Absolutely. I know for me, a life-changing moment was when I realized that I was created to do hard things. Like, I, I guess that sounds so simple, but most of my life, I really thought like the best and natural thing for me was to find the path of least resistance. Like that, that was somehow a very natural, like that's what I was made to do. Find the easiest path and just kind of raft my way through life. And when I started to realize like, and, and even just looking at the science of like, when you do something hard, your brain actually like releases dopamine saying like, yes, that's the thing, keep doing that. And to look at the human body and how it adapts and what it was made to do, like we were designed to do hard things, like whether it's mental, emotional, now there needs to be rest, there needs to be time of reprieve. But in general, when we are taking on something hard, we're doing what we were made to do. And for some reason, that just really shifted something in my brain for the same thing you said of, of looking at obstacles and actually being like, oh, I get to do what I was made to do now. Like, that's what I was made to do is to take this on um, instead of viewing obstacles as like something unnatural. Because I think that's the problem. Like you said, society is like if something hurts or if something's uncomfortable, then something's wrong. You need to remedy that instead of being like, no, obstacles are like a good natural part of life. That's what I was made for. Nothing's wrong. If there's right. an obstacle, it's that's okay. A, that's and Mike, I'm curious. Have you experienced that in your life where it's like a certain level of stress? Do you thrive off of a certain level of stress or? To an extent, yes. And by stress, I don't mean like <laughs> bad, heavy stuff, but I mean like maybe like figure out what your capacity is for how much you can do and then just operate like a notch above that. Yeah. And that's, I guess I'm, I'm thinking of like crops and haymaking in the summer. Like there's a certain level of stress there and you do kind of thrive off, you know, watching the calendar and okay, we're going to mow it and then we're going to do this and we're going to get that. And we got to get the baler lined up. And I, I thrive in those situations. Like making a task like that happen, getting, getting the logistics straightened out. And yeah. Yeah. And I think like you said, Eric, humans were made for that. And I think we've gone so long like despising things that make us uncomfortable and building systems around taking those discomforts away mm -hmm. and minimizing them that we've done ourselves a disservice. A huge disservice. And I think it, it just goes back to that core understanding of like, if something's uncomfortable, then something's wrong. Like, that's not true. Like, and, and if we think that way, we're going to really be in a bad spot. But I guess how could we expect the world to view discomfort any differently if they don't see this? You know, mm -hmm. if they don't hear 
you know, if they, if they never do see like the utility in trials, Mm -hmm. then then it, it, it's understandable that they just don't, they, they want to do whatever they can to avoid any challenges. Yeah. Well, it's, it's this idea of like a delayed reward, you know, like if everything's comfortable, the reward is there always, I get the reward right now and it's comfort when there's a challenge, you're like, what makes it fun? And I think, Mike, what you were saying, like you, you kind of thrive on it is like, how good is this going to feel when I tackle this? When at the end of the day, I can literally be like, I got, I, I got that done. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's like you're, you're anticipating how good is this going to feel? And, and I've even done that before. Um, even with like the staff here, when we were like looking at something hard, just be like, how good is this going to feel tomorrow when this is done? And it's like you can start to anticipate it. And that's that's kind of the reward of working hard, but you don't get it right away. Um, and that's kind of been like a lost art is that like delayed gratification right. of um, I'll, I'll get those good feelings later. But for right now, it's just time to work. Let's just get to work. Um, and I think, like you said, I think society's missing that. And I think people are feeling very empty because there's a big part of what they were made to do that they just don't do ever. Absolutely. And I think a, an advantage that we have as Christians in that is when God calls us to do something hard and asks us to trust him and we see him lead us through that, it makes it easier next time. And if next oh, time's yeah. a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. you can look back and say, God got me through that because yeah. he promised that he would. If the rest of society doesn't have that hope, then you know, they're, you're going to go away from hard situations. I always tell my That's wife great. that yeah. I think sometimes our testimony is more for us than anybody. Like, mm-hmm. every time we come up on something that is, like, so difficult to figure out that it's crippling, that if you just stop and be like, oh, but remember that time? Remember that other time? Mm-hmm. Remember that time yeah. you did this? Remember that time you did that? There's yeah. no reason to believe we're not going to be okay. Yes. Yep. It is. And, and that's, what the, that's what's so important about knowing these promises because you can go back and look for them in your life. That's what I think is fun. And you know what? I should actually say that in one of these sermons is, is like what's fun about these promises is you can retroactively find them in your life. So like, well, you know, you, God says you don't, he's never leave, he won't ever leave you. Go back and think in your life. Find your hardest times and I guarantee you're going to find God faithful in those times and i this is where i'm gonna make a pitch and i know that this isn't very like manly to certain people but man journaling Mm -hmm. is a habit that i really believe is can just take your faith to another level i i believe it's something everyone should be doing because i can go back now i've got a stack of journals from over the years and i can page through those be like, answered prayer, answered prayer. That thing never happened. That's an answered prayer, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and I, you say it's not manly. I, I just think it's, I mean, that's like you guys on your farm being like, well, I don't keep records of yeah, anything. True. That's Very not true. manly. It's like, that's, no, that would be really dumb to not keep records that you could go back on and, yeah. and, and review. And so, although you're right, like for some reason it isn't viewed as it, I'm like, I mean, why would you not keep records? That that yeah. seems just foolish. And especially in your walk with God, why would you not want to keep records of, of like those not things? Balancing your checkbook. It's exactly <laughs> yeah. what it is. 
This has been great. We're 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 probably at our time to okay. to wrap it up. Any last thoughts you guys have? No, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't think, think so. I think we. I think I exceeded my own expectations. <laughs> I didn't exceed my. I think we exceeded my yes. expectations. Well, and it was great to have you, Mike. You gave some really. That was some some really good good thoughts that you gave and so we'll have to have you back on again maybe give you more in a minute notice next time <laughs> but uh but i think it went pretty good so maybe we won't maybe just spring it on you works best we'll see so i'm jason you want to close us in prayer sure awesome lord we just thank you for your promises um we thank you that we don't have to look far and we don't have to look hard they're all around us they're in your word and they're even around us in everyday life. And I just pray for those who are listening and for those, for us here as well that uh, in the coming days you'll, you'll show us. We know you will. You always do. In fact, that's a promise that you're surrounding us and that the evidence of you is all around us. And I just pray that we'll notice that and that we'll appreciate it and that we'll be moved by it. In your name we pray.